Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, Isaiah 55, in your Bible it may read at the heading of this particular passage, sometimes a subject heading or kind of a summary is there before every chapter, and in my uh, Bible, the publisher has placed there the great invitation, the great invitation. And there's a reason for that. We'll start reading in verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I Please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it, or sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Such rich words, such a powerful text, but let's look back at verse 6 in the first part of it. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Seek the Lord while he may be found. That's what I want to speak about here today. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Let's lift up our hands to him and let's pray again right now that the Lord God of heaven would anoint And he would bless the remainder of our service today. Jesus, we need you. We desire you. We hunger 
for your presence. We're praying, God, for your help and strength. I'm asking, God, that you would bless mightily in this house and touch each and every person that is gathered here today by the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray that you would meet needs, that you would speak in the lives of people and let your word find lodging place in our hearts. In Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you for it. Would you clap your hands to him and give him praise? Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. In the book of Acts, the 17th chapter, there is a powerful account that uh, is detailed there. It is an account of one of the Apostle Paul's missionary journeys. And the Apostle Paul traveled across parts of Europe, across areas of the Mediterranean, and also uh, into the Asian Minor. And we know that he established churches there. And not everywhere that he went did he, in fact, uh, find success and was he able to establish a church for the name of the Lord or to see revival. Some places he went, he was accepted, his message was accepted, the things that he preached and taught to them were embraced, and other places that he would go... uh, It was not so much accepted, but nevertheless, he still uh, preached with the same burden. He preached with the same uh, desire, the same intensity. He gave the same amount of effort because the Apostle Paul loved souls and he knew uh, for which he was called. He was an apostle to the Gentile, and so he preached the gospel to the Gentile nation, just as uh, the Bible says, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And in Acts 17, the Bible describes Paul coming to the city of Athens, Greece. And uh, if you've ever seen pictures of that place or read about it, I've had the privilege, and I know that others here have, of actually traveling to that city and being there. But it's uh, like no other city, I guess, in the world because so much of the Greek mythology uh, comes from that place. Uh, A lot of things that has impacted our culture and society even today found its origin in Greece and in particularly Athens. And while there, the Apostle Paul as he is perusing through the city and observing the people, he observes the city holy, he says, given to idolatry. As he looks around, there's not one person that is not involved in idolatry. There's not one person that is not given to the worship of idols. There's not one person that is not totally caught up in this. And the scripture says something especially intriguing here. It says that his spirit was stirred within him. His spirit was stirred in him. He was moved when he witnessed the level in which these people were deceived and how that they wholly followed after 
these idols made of wood and of stone, in some cases precious metals, and so on. When he saw them and how that they were deceived in worshiping these false gods, he was very troubled about it. And he empathized with the situation. He was moved because he understood and had a revelation of who the true and living God was. And for these people to be caught up and so wholly given over uh, to worshiping these gods was a very troubling thing for the Apostle Paul. He didn't stand back with a smug air of self-righteousness. He didn't look for an opportunity to wag a finger of condemnation in their face. No, his spirit was moved within him. And that's, that's a touching thing to me. And it's something that, that when I read this story again in preparation for this message today, it, it left off the page to me. He was compassionate about the spiritual condition of this city. And it caused me to think and to ask the question to myself, and I want to pass this question on to you. What do you see when you look at the world? When you survey uh, the sin that people are wholly given over to in our world? As you look around and you, you see people that you encounter on a daily basis, how does it affect you? How does it impact you when you see the marks of sin on people's lives and you see the scars that sin has left upon them and uh, you, you see how that sin has affected people in every way and, and, and how that it has brought destruction to our world. Uh, it's impossible not to be touched. It's impossible if you have any God in you, if you have any love for the things of God and you have any of the same attributes that God has uh, like the Apostle Paul you have to be moved you have to be stirred in your spirit by surveying the situation before I believe that we can make an impact in this world we have to be able to empathize with souls that are out there that are lost and without God we have to be able to be moved with compassion as the Apostle Paul was in this text. It's not enough for us just to simply be able to diagnose the problem, be able to look and, and see sin that is in this world and say, well, that's, that's, that's the situation right there. That's the reason for the trouble right there. And to point an accusing finger and and uh, say, well, it's, it's because of this or these decisions or those choices that has brought us to this point. That may be a fact, but uh, we, we've got to realize that people are blinded by the God of this world. And they're not acting because they know the God that you know. They're not responding as they are because uh, they understand the mercy and the grace of God like we understand it. Some of them have never experienced the presence of God the way you have. Some of them have never heard the truth as you have. Many of them has never felt God as you have felt His presence. Nevertheless, we, we need to look at this world and, 
And uh, instead of just diagnosing the problem, we need to be one that brings a solution to the problem. And I promise you, uh, just an air of condemnation is not going to get the job done. But if we're going to see people saved, we're going to have to introduce them to Jesus Christ. We're going to have to show them the way to the cross. We're going to have to reveal to them that there is blood that is able to cleanse and wash and make whole. And that He is able to change and transform their lives. Amen. Praise the Lord. That there is a God that is able to redeem them. And when He redeems them... It totally changes everything about them. Old desires, old appetites, old uh, uh, things that they used to desire to partake of. Uh, God is able to remove, He's able to eradicate, He's able to take that out of us and extract it out of us. I'm thankful for the power of the cross. I'm thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ and its power to save people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're thankful for the truth, you ought to clap your hands unto the Lord. The scripture said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And truth is more than just something that we tout. Truth is more than something that just gets us raw, raw. Truth is something that has the ability to affect you and change you and transform you. Truth is something that has to be received. It's, it's something that has to be embraced. It's something that has to be accepted for it to be able to work its power in your life. You've got to be willing to surrender to the truth of God's Word and take it within and apply it to the areas of your life where you need Him. And through that, He is able to bring transformation. Through that, He is able to affect change in your life we need the truth to be more than just something that we we march to the banner of but we need truth to become manifest in our lives to such a way that people would see it and say I I want to have that same testimony that they have I want to have that same transformed life that they have I want to have God to help me and change me and do a work in me just as they have experienced Him. I too want to experience the truth. Praise God. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the truth of God's Word. But we don't need just to diagnose the problem. I'm thankful today that I can offer you a solution to the problem. I wouldn't want to go to a doctor that all he was trained in is just diagnosing diseases and problems and health issues in a person's life. I know that that's part of his job. He has to be able to identify what the issue is. But I I don't want a doctor to stop there. I want him to be able to prescribe treatment to help me to overcome Whatever it is that I've been diagnosed with. Whatever the health challenge is, doctor, offer me hope that it can change. Give me something that will improve my condition. Well, I'm happy to tell you today, 
where the sickness of sin is concerned, we not only are able to diagnose the problem and tell you the source of the problem, but we have a solution to the problem, and it is the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the blood that was shed there that is able to cleanse and wash and make you whole. That that is able to change and transform. Amen. That there's power in that cross to not only diagnose. Amen. But it's able to save you from all sin. Praise the Lord. And I'm thankful that I'm serving a God that works in all areas. You know, you go to some doctors and they specialize in certain things. You go to you go to certain professionals and they've got a certain knack or area that they work in. But I'm serving a God that His specialty is saving souls. And it doesn't matter where they come from. Doesn't matter what their personality is. Doesn't matter what their background has been. Doesn't matter what their experiences, good or bad, have been up until this point. The blood is able to cover. The blood is able to wash away. The power of the cross is able to change. The gospel is able to do a work in their life. Oh yeah, somebody ought to be thankful today. Somebody ought to be appreciative here this morning that we're serving a God that offers hope to everyone that will accept Him. Everyone that will surrender their life to Him. He can give you hope. Amen. And the greatest hope of all is the hope of salvation because we've all been doomed because of sin. We've all, amen, been in a situation where there was no hope but because of Him because of His blood because of the power of His name because of this new birth message that I preach today you too can be changed it's not just for a selective group it's not just for those that that come from a certain background it's not for those just of a certain pedigree but whosoever will let Him come and drink of the waters of life freely. All you've got to do is be thirsty. All you've got to do is have a desire. Amen. He said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's the prerequisite, is to be hungry for God. Hungry people will find a way to get in His presence. Hungry people will do whatever it takes. Amen. To enter in to the place where God can help them, strengthen them, Bless them. Give them what they need. I'm preaching to somebody today. If you come here hungry, you can be filled. If you come here with a desire in your heart, He can offer you hope. He can give you change in your life. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. One of the greatest tragedies is to see people reject God because they come in contact with one of his followers and because of their experience with them, because of what they saw in that person, they throw out the baby with the bathwater, as we use the expression. They throw it all away and say, well, it must not be real. Sort of like Gandhi said, I would have been a Christian had I ever really met one. That's, that's a tragedy for somebody to come in contact with a supposed follower of Jesus Christ. And because of what they witnessed in them, 
they decided that they did not want to be a Christian. But I feel like the disciples felt Peter and John when the man was healed at the beautiful gate and people were looking at them as though they had done something great and he said, why look you on us as though we've done some great thing? It's the name and power that's in the name that has made this man strong. It's not us. Don't ever get your eyes on us. Amen. If you see any good in me, it's Jesus. If you see something bad, it's not him, it's Jason. Amen. If you see something great, it's Jesus. Amen. If you see something terrible, it's not him. Don't lay it to his charge. Because in him, amen, there's nothing but perfection. There's nothing but goodness. There's nothing but wonderful things. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. We need to understand here today. We need to get a fresh revelation here today that the goodness of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God is what makes the difference in a person's life. Paul went up there to the top of Mars Hill. And it's sort of this just a little plateau that goes up. It's only about 500 feet or so above sea level. And on the top of that was, on that Acropolis as they call it, was temples that were made and altars that were built of all sorts. And as he was looking around at all of these people, and many of them kneeling or sacrificing whatever it was that they were doing in their form of worship to their gods, little g. Paying homage at these various altars. Finally, he comes upon one altar in particular that is subscribed, has the inscription on it. This is an altar that is to the unknown God. These are folks that are Worshipping, they've got temples and altars constructed everywhere to literally hundreds, possibly thousands of deities and gods or supposed gods. And they're doing their level best uh, to make sure they don't leave any out. And just in case we did, we're placing an altar here to the unknown God. And he goes on and preaches to them, seeing that the Lord of heaven and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Don't you understand? You, you built a beautiful temple here, and you constructed and hewed out stones. And, and if you, you've seen pictures of, uh, of the Acropolis, you, you've seen uh, those marble or stone uh, columns and and the structure and the ruins of what is left. Can you imagine what it must have looked like in that particular day that Paul stood there before them? And he stands overlooking that great city of Athens. And he begins to cry out to them. He said, you ignorantly worship this unknown God. But uh, I want to tell you something. He said, I, I've got a name for this unknown God. 
I see you have inscribed here uh, that this altar has been erected to an unknown God, but I want to declare Him unto you. I want to give you a revelation as I have received just exactly who He is. You are building altars and erecting temples and performing sacrifices to gods of stone and wood and gold and silver, trying everything, looking everywhere, seeking the Lord, if aptly you might find Him. And after you have found Him, that you could give adequate worship and praise unto Him. Isn't it a perfect picture of our world today? They're seeking, they're searching, they're looking, they're feeling after. They're always hungry for more. As soon as they acquire one thing, they want something else. As they reach one achievement, then that doesn't satisfy. They have to find something else. When they ascend to one position, then they want another. There's something in the heart of human beings that is always reaching out and hungering. I'll tell you what that is. That's a desire and hunger for the things of God. And it can only really be satisfied by God. They're anxious to find something. They're always looking out, searching for something and so uh, it grows more extreme as time goes on and you see it become more intense as their life goes on they go from one thing to the other they go from one relationship to the next they go from one fat to the next they have extreme changes in their appearances why? it's all in a search it's all in looking for fulfillment and satisfaction they don't like what they see when they look in the mirror they're not happy with what they have found thus far in life all of these are symptoms of a seeker that Paul is describing here in Acts chapter 17 but Paul told these Athenians he said the one you're searching for isn't far from any one of you don't settle for a dead God a lifeless God an object of stone or of wood gold or silver, one that cannot hear you, one that you've articulated ears and carved them out on the side of the idol but it cannot hear your prayers or your worship it cannot respond to your sacrifice it cannot answer you it cannot see your need though you've carved out eye sockets and eyes, its eyes cannot see, amen let me tell you about a God that looks to and fro in the earth and he's looking for somebody that is searching. He's looking for somebody that's looking for Him. He's looking for somebody that's hungry. He's got what you need. He's got exactly what you're looking for. He has everything that your soul desires. Everything that will make you feel fulfilled. Everything that will make you happy. Everything that will bring joy and completeness to your life. You can find it in the presence of Almighty God. Oh, let's lift up our voice to Him right now. Let's give praise to Him. Only Jesus, only Jesus can satisfy the soul. Regardless of what people look like, what they act like, what they talk like. They may appear that they don't want anything to do with God. But don't kid yourself. 
because there's a hunger there and there's a desire there. And my God is able to reach to the lowest levels of degradation and deliver and set free and pull people up. Amen. This is why when Jesus told his disciples, get into a ship and go to the other side. Now, this is not in every gospel account of this story, but they were leaving the shoreline of where miracles was happening. I mean, there had been great things taking place. There had been great things occurring in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and miracles that they had never witnessed or seen before. And now he's asking them to go to the other side. I'm sure that there had to be a tendency to want to say, why would we want to leave here? This is so wonderful. This is so awesome. There's so much that we've never witnessed before taking place on this side. Why would we want to go to the other side? We don't know what awaits us over there. But nevertheless, he constrained them to get into the ship. You know, sometimes God has to kind of constrain us. He has to constrain us against our own will and our own desires sometimes. They got into a ship, and, and the Bible says that there was a storm in the midst of the sea that threatened their lives. Not only do they have to go to the other side, which is going to take a lot of effort and time, but now there's this storm that contradicts them. And we know that the Lord spoke to the storm, and the storm was settled and they were able to reach the other side and when they did there was this man that came out of the tombs and he came up to them the townspeople had done their very best to try to constrain this man and try uh, to put chains upon him they chained him up but the scripture says that he would break those chains and go back into the cemetery and dwell among the tombs. You know why uh, they, they were trying their very best to limit him and trying their very best to chain him and constrain him and were unsuccessful? The reason for that is, is there is no laws, there's no rules that man can put in place. There's nothing that man can do to bring governance and to bring peace to a person's soul. Amen. There's nothing that a, a person can do that, that can fulfill that longing and that searching in a man's heart. As much as they tried uh, to constrain him and hold him down and hold him back, uh, it still did not offer peace to him. I'm going to tell you, in this nation, we can, we can keep passing laws and we can legislate everything uh, all the way down to bubble gum. But I'm going to tell you something. Legislation is not going to bring peace uh, into this world. Only one thing is going to bring peace into this world. And it's the spirit and the power of Almighty God. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the very things this nation has forsaken that is going to bring peace, that's going to bring joy, that's going to bring happiness back to the hearts 
of folks in this country. Amen. Praise God. As much as they tried, they could not constrain him. They could not hold him back. And as messed up and as terrible a shape as this man was, when he saw Jesus, the Bible says that he ran to worship him. He recognized that there was something different about Jesus. Standing there among these other men, his disciples, but he recognized there's something distinct. There's something different. I'm going to tell you, when you get a real encounter with God, when you really experience the Lord, when you experience the difference, if I could say it that way, of the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost, it causes only one response to come from within you, and that's a desire to worship Him and to be thankful and give praise unto Him. Nobody has to elicit a response from you nobody has to beg or plead with you to respond to the Lord if you ever feel his touch if you ever feel his power if you ever experience his goodness that'll be a that'll be a usual response amen is a desire to draw closer to the Lord amen a desire to worship him and that's what this man did I wonder what would have happened if had his disciples said, no, 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 you, you, you can't have audience with the Lord. You, you, you can't come any closer than this. I wonder what would have happened if they'd have held him back and said, you know, you're not, you're not quite our type. You don't look like us. You don't, I don't know, you're going to have to, we're going to have to get a little bit more familiar with you because we don't understand you. I'm going to tell you, people's coming bound in sin, bound by things in this world. And can I tell you, they're coming from such a long way that you're going to have to swallow uh, some of those prejudices and some of those feelings that says they may not look like me or act like me. They may bear the markings of sin upon their life, but if they're hungry for God, they've got to have a pathway that is clear to find Him. I read in the Old Testament when people were going to the city of refuge, there was one law that they must observe is that the roads had to be clear and they had to be cleaned off. And if there was any debris that was upon them, it had to be quickly removed. And, and the byways around them had to be trimmed back of any debris or brush or any growth that would hinder anyone from getting clearly marked signs, had to mark its path to get to the city of refuge. I want to tell you if a soul in Texarkana gets hungry for God, I want it to be clearly marked that you can come to Landmark Pentecostal Church. I want it to be the reputation of this church that you can find room in the altar right here. It doesn't matter what color your skin. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you came from. You may not speak our language. You may not have the same image and background or pedigree that we've got but there's room at the altar for everybody that's hungry for God Come on. Come on. 
I'm going to tell you this world's messed up. This world's out of sorts. You may as well accept that. There's no good, there's no good sinners anymore. Everybody that comes, their lives are all twisted. Everybody that comes, amen, they're destroyed and they're, the hell has wrecked havoc in their life and they need a place where they can find an altar. They want the same peace that you have. They want the same joy that you have. They want the same God that you've got to hold up in an altar to change their life. God help me. I told you a little story about encountering the young man at a drive-thru. And when I heard him speak, I wasn't sure of his gender. When I drove up to the window, I still wasn't real sure. And there was a, some things on the order that was wrong. And so I'm just burying my heart. There was a, a bent in me to kind of have an attitude about that. And, and his appearance and manner of speech and all of that only added to the only exacerbated the problem. And so, when I drove off, I didn't get 30 yards until I felt conviction smote my heart. And said, you know, he has a soul just like yours. And while there's nobody, come on, you're looking at a man's man. You understand that? I don't think I have to go into all of that. I think most of you are probably pretty aware of that. But I'm going to tell you something. We have to have compassion for souls wherever they're coming from. Amen. No, we're not going to accept sin, but we are going to make a place. We're going to clear out a road for you to be able to, if you want refuge, if you want help. Come on now. I've noticed the amen's kind of cinching down here a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, God is able to change people's lives if they will allow him to. God is able to impact. There's got to be empathy in our heart. There's got to be compassion in our heart. There's got to be room for a sinner in our heart. Amen. They may come in this place, amen, all golfed up, amen, and look one way, but you know what that is a sign of? That's a symptom of a seeker. That's somebody that's searching. That's somebody that's looking. That's somebody that's saying, I'm hungry. Oh, yeah, let's lift up our hands to the Lord and say, God, help me. Sin can, sin can get so rooted in a person's life that it steals their identity. You understand that? That's why sin cannot be flirted with. That's why sin cannot be... People just want to experiment with sin. Young people say, I just want to experiment a little bit with sin. That's, that's the danger that they don't understand is because sin can overtake you to the point. And they're so given over to sin. Come on, I'm in the Bible. That it takes your identity. It did this man. What's your name? Legion. I'm sure that wasn't his given name that wasn't even him talking that was the devil talking I'm going to tell you parent 
when you look in the eyes of that one that you love that is away from God and there's defiance and there's rebellion and there's hatred and there's, there's seething that comes out, don't respond in kind. Don't, don't respond the same way. Don't try to fight fire with fire. Come on, take a, take a lesson from somebody that's been there. Amen. That's, that's not the way to handle the situation. The way to handle the situation is to let the love of God flow. Let the love of God flow. Amen. And let God speak through you. Amen. And, 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 and it's just remember, let God take control. Let God anoint. Let God bless. Amen. And remember, it may not be them that's speaking. You know the devil doesn't want to let go of folks. The devil don't want to give up any territory. The devil doesn't want to, he doesn't want to relent in any way. It's legion. Don't you understand? I'm overtaken by this. It's consumed me. Steals their identity. Sin causes people to lose their given identity. They go from being whomever they were designed to be by God to being an addict. An alcoholic. A drunk. A druggie. A liar. An adulterer, adulteress, they lose their identity. It doesn't happen. I'm sure you got to keep in mind this was, this may have been somebody's husband, somebody's dad, it was somebody's son, it was some mother's boy, some daddy's boy. Now he's given over nobody, nobody. He's lost his identity. Nobody can get through to him. Legion, for we are many. It didn't start out like that. It grew. His life had become full of everything but the one thing that satisfies. The one thing that fulfills and strengthens and brings hope. Paul said, you've got it all wrong, Athenians. You've got it all. You're searching here, and you built an altar over here, and you you carved a, a deity over here. You made an image over here. You built this big, beautiful temple over here. But don't you understand? God doesn't dwell in this. Amen. This is not where you can find God. If you're searching for Him, you're not going to find Him at these altars. Amen. But He, in Him we live. In Him we breathe. And in Him we have our being. Amen. It's in Him that we move. It's in Him that we operate and function. It's in Him. Amen. He wants to live on the inside of you. Don't you understand? He wants to satisfy that inner hunger of your soul. key to successful seeking God is found in Psalms 119 and 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimony and they that seek him with a whole heart. They that seek him with the whole heart. You can't come with a divided heart. You can't come with the attitude of I'll try this for a little while, but if it doesn't work out, then I, I'll fall back on something else. You can't come to God 
holding a portion or part of your heart back, but you've got to surrender to Him. In our text, verse 10, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither. You know this word that I'm preaching here today? When it's sent out, Bible talks about it looking and searching for a lodging place, looking for fertile soil. It's like seed that is scattered, looking for its sensible soil, looking for a place to take root, looking for a place where it can begin to grow. He said, as the rain of heaven, or as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven returneth not thither. You know, all through, all through the winter season, snow is falling in the mountains. It's falling in the Rockies. It's falling in the Sierras. Some of you, we may never, we may never travel there. We may never go up there. We may never go up to those elevations. Matter of fact, there's some remote places that we'll never be able uh, to get to to see the snow that has fell there in those mountains. But come springtime when the temperature begins to rise and the conditions get right, that snow is going to begin to melt. And it's going to begin to run down the side of that mountain. It's going to find a creek. That little branch of a creek is going to lead to another larger creek. And it's going to merge with another. And finally, it's going to make its way into a river. And that river is going to make its way down into agricultural areas. And that water is going to be used to irrigate crops. And you're going to set your table this Thanksgiving. But in part, it's going to be because of the snow that fell last winter that you're going to eat the food that you're going to eat on your Thanksgiving table. What are you trying to say? Any saint of God, any person that lives for the Lord, we cannot properly appreciate or could we be thankful enough for all the culmination of messages after messages and word that we've received from God that has been preached to us throughout our lives living for God. Though at the time we may not have really got a hold of it, it may not have meant that much to us, but the word of God, it does not return void. Amen. And, and if it fell like snow and that snow begins to melt and the conditions are just right, it'll come down and be of help to us. It'll be a blessing to us. Can I tell you that that's the way that God works is the word of God. Though it may not seem applicable to you right now, it may offer strength to you at a later time. That's why you need to tuck the word of God in your heart at every opportunity that you you get and receive it and say God help me help me God to thirst for it help me God to have an appetite for it help me to have a desire for the word of God because I'll need it in my future Jesus said knock and it shall be open seek and he shall find ask 
and you shall receive. He told us what door to knock on. He said, I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Some of us are knocking on other doors. And we're not finding what we're searching for. We're not finding what we're looking for. But if you'll knock on heaven's door, if you'll call upon Him, if you'll reach out to Him, you can find everything that you need to satisfy your soul. Let's stand to our feet right now and lift up our hands to the Lord and let's give Him praise again. Sometimes seeking, reaching, desiring something for God. You've got to be determined. You've got to make up your mind. You've got to have some resolve about you. Isn't that right? How many has ever been there where it felt like, you know, you weren't really getting through, but you just kept on persisting? After a while, the answer came. The victory came. You were able, what we call praying through, able to break through that situation. Like the man I was told about that was seeking the Holy Ghost. Just wasn't seeming to get it. Somebody told him, you know, you just, you got to make up your mind, whatever it takes. Stay as long as it takes. Pray as long as it takes. They were astonished when he came back to church that night and had a sleeping bag under one hand and a pillow under the other. They said, what in the world are you doing? He said, you know, you guys told me. Whatever it takes, however how long it takes. He said, well, I'm just telling you, if i got to stay all night, I'm going to stay right here until I get the Holy Ghost. Well, he didn't have to use his pillow, and he didn't have to use his sleeping bag because God saw the determination of his heart and filled him with the Holy Ghost. If you seek God, he is able to be found when you seek him with your whole heart. But the prophet gave us an admonition here. He says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. While he's available. While the Spirit of God is moving. While the presence of the Lord is near. That's the appropriate time to seek God. That's when you... Reach out to the Lord. That's when you cry out to Him. I see so many people that wait until crisis comes or trouble comes. The baby gets sick. The money runs out. The doctor gives a poor diagnosis. They go to, to the job and the boss lays them off. Suddenly they start seeking the Lord. He said, that's not it. That's not it. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. In other words, when he's close and he's moving on you and he's touching your heart and he's visiting you, that's the season to seek the Lord. That's the time. That's the time to move. That's the time to respond. That's the time to cry out. That's the time to talk to God. That's the time to pray. That's the time to make commitment. 
That's the time to make decisions and choices. No, don't wait till the bottom falls out. Don't wait until trouble comes. Don't wait until you're backed into a corner. Don't wait until you're surrounded by the enemy. Don't wait until the attack comes. Don't wait until you're like Saul who's saying, I'm in trouble now. I didn't need him back then, but I'm in trouble. If there's somebody that can channel their way into talking to the old prophet that I used to have such a relationship with that I he was so accessible I could talk to him anytime I needed him but I didn't value him then now he's in the grave could you call him up could you bring him back I'd like to talk to him again he said don't do that seek the Lord while he may be found call upon him while he's near he's in this place this morning I feel his presence I feel the touch of the Holy Ghost in this house. I wonder if there's those of you that like to come and with me gather around this altar. Say, God, I just want to seek you while you're moving on me, while you're ministering to me, while you're working, while you're touching people's lives. I want to open up my heart. I want to make myself available. I want to seek you while you may be found. Hallelujah. I want to pray while I have the chance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Come on, is somebody hungry today? Is somebody feel to seek Him today? Does somebody want to respond to Him this morning? Would somebody turn the intensity meter up just a little bit here today and cry out to God? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Come on, somebody. Put a little fervency into it. Put a little fire into your prayer. Hallelujah. Put a little desperation. Mix a little passion with it this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I need you. I need you. I need your help. I can't do this by myself. God, you're near right now. I feel your presence in this place. I feel the touch of the Holy Ghost. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. Come on, Saint of God, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift up your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I think everybody, all of us up here need to be seeking God and crying out to God. Let's don't concentrate on anything else right now. Come on, I feel the moving of God's Spirit. Before we go on, before we endeavor to to do anything else, let's get a hold of Jesus while He's near, while He's close. While he hears us. Hallelujah. Come on. While he hears prayers, why don't you pray them? While he was responding to the hunger of people's hearts, why don't you hunger after him? While there's an opportunity that has availed itself, why don't you take advantage of it? 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, come on, seek the Lord, seek the Lord, seek the Lord.